Hello, this is Trask Olgo, Ensign on the Indar Spire, and I am from Unreal Cinema's Knights of the Old Republic adaptation. You're listening to the Old Republic Podcast. Please like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave a five-star rating review, and Brian and Cassia will feature it on the pod. Now, enjoy the show. For the Republic. We are the Old Republic Podcast. Spoiler alert for everything Star Wars under the Twin Suns. This is where the fun begins. And we are uh, full on in Kenobi mode here on the Old Republic podcast. Uh, We have joining on with us today to talk about the novel uh, Brotherhood. Uh, We have Pete, also known as Plo Cool. Pete, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, if you've been uh, following along with the podcast, uh, Plo Cool has been on to join us a couple of times on to talk about the green knight on to talk about uh dune and just uh i think uh, you came on once so we just kind of talked about uh films so that was a good time but you are you're here with us uh doing a, a double header today to talk about uh obi-wan kenobi and brotherhood so uh i think that's pretty exciting everyone you know had a uh, pretty good time uh with kenobi and we have a lot of good books and stuff coming out and one of those was brotherhood so uh this just came out uh about a month ago, um, in May of 2022, it was written by Mike Chen, who had previously written for Star Wars and the Empire Strikes Back a uh, Certain Point of View book. He did the chapter called Disturbance, which was about uh, Darth Sidious, but this is his full, uh, his first full novel uh, in the Star Wars world. And this was one I was very excited about. And Cassie, I think you were pretty excited about this one too, right? Yeah, I mean, just like that cover uh, on itself, you know. Uh, brotherhood and you kind of like I forget like math but like the lightsabers are kind of in a line they don't intersect is that like that's parallel right that that is parallel yeah if, if the lines never never uh never cross yeah yeah and it like it went through a couple iterations because that darn robotic hand you know like sometimes you forget about it but uh it, it was kind of made to look photorealistic, but, like, with, like, a few, uh, like, Instagram filters. Kind of in that uh, Jude Watson, kind of, like, Jedi Apprentice, Jedi Quest style mm. of uh, book cover, which I'm, like, love it, you know? So, I was <laughs> yeah, here for it. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Uh, what about you, Pete? Were you, uh, were you uh, you know, hyped up for this book coming out, or was this one of the ones you were looking forward to? Because there are a lot of really good... Um, Star Wars books coming out, you know, kind of the spring and into the summer. Uh, what about Brotherhood? Was that high up on the list of things you wanted to read? Or oh, for sure. Um, I was I was pretty excited when they announced it. Um, I kind of like the old school look of the cover, kind of as Cassie was or Cassio was saying. Um, I uh, I hadn't read anything by Mike Chen before, but. Actually, you know, I've read his short story in the, from a certain point of view for The Empire Strikes Back, so I take that back. But that had been the only thing I had read from him. But I was, mm-hmm. I'm was i always excited when they bring in a new voice um, to kind of add their own take on the Star Wars universe. So yeah, I was I was looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and anytime you kind of get to flesh out the story uh, a little bit more is always uh, welcome. Um, and, you know, 
you know, as Star Wars fans, we definitely like kind of that that dynamic, that relationship between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin. And this one gets started off, it's kind of taking place right on the right on the heels of Attack of the Clones. So the Clone Wars has just started and uh, kind of just dumps you in there and gets you gets you into into what's going on. So it's a lot of uh, kind of political espionage, which is kind of fun um, that you're picking up from that. And then, you know, kind of the I guess the kind of entry entry steps into the end of the war. So we get to take a lot of, uh, you know, kind of exploring of their relationships and kind of the psyche, especially um, kind of in the first part of the book of, of Anakin, how he's dealing with this war starting and how he's dealing with um, being a Padawan and uh, kind of making those steps into being a uh, Jedi Knight, which I thought was pretty interesting. I think that that is, you know, part of the, part of their relationship we never really got to see even in like the the clone wars but um you know uh going into the story was you know were there certain aspects that either of you were looking forward to seeing obviously you know we're uh going to Cato and Imoidia we knew something uh exciting obviously had happened there but uh what sort of I guess dynamic between the two of them were you most looking forward to learning more about or you know from the book which ones did you kind of pick up on and and really liked exploring for me, I was like, Siri Tachi got a mention. My childhood, you know? Yeah, and we got a couple, like, KOTOR nods. Terrace was mentioned as a, as a place that uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin went on a mission to. And mm -hmm. then I totally missed this just listening to this. Uh, but the type of ship that the Ebon Hawk is, not Ethan Hawk, but the Ebon Hawk. <laughs> That's the one that Anakin flies. Like, I guess I'm really not a KOTOR fan because I had to have someone else point that out. But I didn't know uh, that. Yeah. So, you know, like, KOTOR is totally canon. Like, I'm not reaching at all, you know? But, yeah. So there were some fun Easter eggs, and I really thought that this was a great companion piece to Queen's Hope, which we mm, reviewed... Mm -hmm. Uh, episode 121, and I really thought that this book got Padme and Kenobi's relationship to Anakin right, you know? And you can always have different flavors and stuff, but, like, if you're kind of seeing it from Anakin's point of view, like, he's going to see himself more favorably, and, like, this is kind of when the war is beginning. I don't think he's as jaded or, like, committed as many war crimes so I think like he's a little bit more hopeful and fun loving mm -hmm. you know even though he's getting used to his hand but what do you guys think I like that you brought up that it um you know had some kind of parallels with the Queen's Hope because they they take place almost at the at the same time kind of right at the beginning of of the war and if you read through Queen's Hope you're kind of getting that perspective from uh, Padme and uh, and Brotherhood, you're getting kind of that, you know, perspective on on their relationship and the start of the war from Anakin. So I think you know, kind of uh, having those books side by side is is really cool. Um, but yeah, throwing it over to over to you, Pete. What what part of the what part of the the story or the relationship dynamics or what were you looking forward to reading about the most when you heard this thing announced? Um, more so just the character interactions. I was looking forward to. Uh exploring Anakin and Obi-Wan's relationship more in depth, you know, Clone Wars, um, did a lot in that regard, but I thought it would have, I was just kind of, I'm always looking for more of that. And I think kind of where you can bridge, 
um, the gap between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith specifically on their relationship is always smart because anything you add to it just kind of makes the the fall of Anakin more um, tragic. Um, but I was, yeah, that was kind of the main thing I was looking forward to. The Cato Nemodia, I thought, you know, it's it's always the funny thing to me, you know, of late Star Wars just can't leave anything <laughs> to the imag- to the imagination, which isn't necessarily, it's not a bad thing that they went to K2 pneumonia, but it's just like, it's like, okay, what kind of like minutia dialogue can we take from to create a story out of? Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, I was actually kind of looking forward to see what they were, what that business on K2 pneumonia was. And um, so I was looking forward to that and, I did think it was cool how Mike Chen and E.K. Johnston were able to collaborate to make sure their two books coincided. And I know they apparently had some pretty extensive conversations on that, which I thought um, was cool and shows that they uh, care about Canon. I think there can be there is such thing as too much adherence to canon, but that type of continuity when you have two stories so closely connected, I think you have to. Yeah, you have to, and especially with a character like Padme, and even though she's not in the book that much, she her presence is felt throughout it, and I thought that probably was because of the conversations Chen had with Johnston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, those were. Those were some of my favorite parts kind of early in the book. You get to explore that relationship and um, them spending time together and, you know, kind of running off on these little adventures on on uh, Coruscant and, you know, just having kind of these more intimate moments that we're getting to spend some time uh, in with them because that's not really something that we ever got to see, um, you know, either in the in the Clone Wars or in, in the films was, you know, them just spending, like, any time together, really. So I, I really liked... Um, you know, E.K. Johnson's book for that, but I, I also really liked kind of the inclusion of that into into this book, and that sets up something uh, pretty pivotal, I think, in the in the master and apprentice uh, this this brotherhood dynamic between Obi Wan and Anakin, and that you know Anakin can, or I'm sorry, that Obi Wan can can basically kind of sense these emotions in Anakin. So so he is pretty pretty keen on this right from the start. It doesn't seem like you know Anakin was uh, getting this past him at all, and I think that. Uh, you know, that really kind of creates an, an interesting dynamic then that you carry on um, in through the Clone Wars and to the Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. I mean, I remember in the Clone Wars when it kind of, like, you have a scene where, like, Anakin is very mad about Clovis in his room, you know, with the the Ben pod racer, uh, Ben Quarderno's, uh poster in his room, which I'm like, that's actually kind of hilarious he has that <laughs> in there. But, and then, like, Obi-Wan kind of basically hints that he knows what's going on with Anakin and Padme. And I'm like, would he really know? But I'm like, yeah, he, he would know. Because I don't think Anakin is any kind of subtle person, especially when it comes to Padme, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, even though, like, he does kind of revert to, like, love struck you know like Anakin like we do see a lot of growth from him like that transition from uh, Padawan to Knight you know <laughs> and when he's kind of helping that conscientious objector Padawan who's more of a pacifist who 
Emily doesn't like war, and I'm like, sorry, kid, you were born into the wrong generation. So, uh, and, like, that kind of helped me see, like, the Jedi, like, it's kind of like parenthood, like, Jedi Masters to Padawan, and when they kind of become warriors in the Clone Wars, that war kind of breaks that down. They're not really raising their Padawans in a Mm-hmm. good environment and it's kind of a betrayal what did you guys think about that um the betrayal between rephrase that again you know how like the jedi are going into war and you kind of get the sense that like the padawans are kind of being brought up like to go to war you know and that's kind of like they're supposed to be the future and like the future that they're given is a war and like they're expected to fight and die, which really isn't the Jedi way, you know? Mm, mm-hmm. I think, uh, I really actually like that aspect of, of the book and how that's emphasized so well, because I think there's like been a common trend within modern readings of star Wars especially like the prequels it just where it's just like oh jedi bad um they they were wrong and everything and there's not much nuance brought to the conversation it's just like the jedi were bad that's why anakin fell and i just i don't like the simplified view of all that and that's why i actually really liked what mike chen did because he brought the complexity to it (laughs) um really well with that i'm haven't i forget the name of the the padawan in the book Uh yeah uh mill alabeth yes mill um i really liked her character um and i thought they kind of like chen did a good job of using a single character to represent how probably a lot of different padawans were feeling mm-hmm. um i mean they kind of single her out as being the only one but i feel like she she wasn't isolated because you have people also you have jedi like Barris, who are also disillusioned, and Dooku, who's disillusioned kind of before, way before the war even started. Um, so they're not necessarily isolated incidents. So I think, and also just kind of reading this along with the High Republic mm-hmm. of recently, like the contrast between the Jedi, because most of the books I've been reading, Star Wars books I've been reading lately, you know, have been the High Republic books. And just kind of reading this, it's like a stark contrast of who the Jedi were and who they are now. But yeah, there's that that type of betrayal of who they're supposed to be. Yeah, I really like the character of Mil Alabeth. And, um, she almost kind of served as like like a conscience to to Anakin, um, kind of in a in a similar way uh, that Ahsoka did. So I guess I I could see some parallels uh, there. But um, I I thought that she was kind of a a good kind of kind of story medium to to go and kind of keep contrasting you know anakin's more kind of brazen style with the way she was uh, you know processing things as you know kind of this uh highly empathetic uh you know padawan uh learner uh who eventually um you know, spoilers who you know kind of kind of walks away uh from the order at, at the end of it and um yeah i thought that it was really interesting to kind of get that because like you said we get a lot of you know especially in in the prequels and 
you know, it's um, even up into like the last Jedi, you know, the, the, the Jedi did a lot of bad stuff, but there, there is a little bit more nuance to it in the way that, you know, kind of each individual of the, you know, the members of the Jedi were, were handling this. So I thought it, it was interesting to get kind of, kind of a different uh, take from it. So I, I like that characterization and um, how she, she played in. And I also love just kind of the, kind of the more like playful parts of, uh, kind of that story with the Padawans where, you know, Anakin's going and he has to basically do like a, like a teaching, like, uh, you know, like, a, you know, uh, question and answer sort of, sort of session with the Padawans and all of the Jedi Masters are, you know, giving him some shtick about it because they think it's hilarious that he has to, has to go and talk to these Padawans, which I think is funny uh, in a way and also kind of sad because it seems like, you know, if you're the if you're the the teachers of these kids, then you, that should be something that you want to do. But yeah, I thought that that was uh, just kind of a, a funny section of the book there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got to see a different uh, perspective of Anakin that's not necessarily him with Ahsoka, but like uh, it was an interesting uh, arc because sometimes I think like Anakin is just like, I'm ready to fight, like... I will maybe think about the ethics and the moral ramifications of what I'm doing later, but like to have him paired with like kind of a pacifist Padawan, mm -hmm. that was that was kind of fun, um, and I liked it. Yeah, I could I could see a lot of um, kind of parallels uh, between Mills' uh, persona and probably the way that Qui Gon would have felt about mm. things going in, into the Clone Wars. Um, so just, just kind of some parallels there. And, and then, you know, that makes you wonder, uh, you know, kind of the, what if, uh, possibility of that all, but yeah, Mill, I thought was a really good, uh, kind of new addition. And then we had another new character, um, introduced in this book, uh, uh, Neimoidian guard, uh, by the name of Rug, who helps, uh, Obi-Wan out when, uh, he gets there. Um, you know, she's trying to, you know, kind of, uh, I guess get to the bottom of of the truth of this. So to set it up, there was there was an explosion on Cato and Imodia, and basically it's a lot of finger pointing between the Republic and the the Separatists. Um, and the goal is to get you know Cato and Imodia this big uh, trade federation on <laughs> on whichever side, and he goes there to investigate, and that's how you get into uh, you know that that uh, that trouble on uh, Cato and Imodia. But uh, either of you have any thoughts about uh, Rug's character or? Uh, you know, kind of what they brought to the brought to the table in terms of uh, Obi Wan's story and the way that we felt about him. Um, I thought Rug was actually one of the highlights of the book for me. Uh, I thought she kind of uh, contrasted Obi Wan in a good way, but kind of kept that. Um, trying to see the bigger picture type thing, which obviously is a mirror of just how that's how Obi-Wan tries to to operate, kind of that investigative um, character. Um, and I thought her interactions were, with Obi-Wan were really good. Um, and it was just kind of, it was nice to have her there also just because it was so frustrating how um, Obi-Wan was framed for the whole thing. Or the Jedi mm -hmm. were framed for the whole thing, and Obi Wan got framed, and it kind of reminded me of a, um, the Ahsoka arc in Clone Wars. Not in the same level, not in the same level, mm -hmm. but kind of how frustrating it is to see one of the heroes get um, blamed for something they're not responsible for. 
Um, so having Rug there was it was nice to kind of uh, he has an ally to get him out of that, and it kind of just kind of contrasts again with Ahsoka how Ahsoka didn't really have that, mm-hmm. um, but Obi Wan was um, fortunate to have someone there who could help him out. Yeah, I mean Obi Wan is always an excellent detective and. Neutrality, to me, is more interesting in storytelling, usually, than an all-out war, uh, which I think is, like, why uh, when we covered, like, Knights of the Old Republic 1, I, I, like, fell in love with Manon, and I was like, this is so cool. I love Mm -hmm. it. So, yeah, it's like, he has to keep things uh, a certain way, like, you can't let things escalate, and... I guess, like, it's kind of something I've been thinking about and kind of, like, what's going on on Cato Nemoidia. Like, they don't quite know, like, if Cato Nemoidia is going to join the war on what side, what does the rest of the galaxy think of them? And it just kind of got me to think uh, deeper than, like, a binary, which sometimes I think Star Wars does in, like, uh... You know, like, in real life, I I think we do, like, because we live in an age of uh, political extremes and polarization, and, like, it just got me to think, like, it's okay to, like, stand up for what you believe in and stuff, but, like, no one is 100% correct, and there's nuance, and uh, you kind of have to see the whole picture and have empathy where you can. Yeah, definitely. There was there were some good takeaways there. Um, and, you know, kind of the, the way that this book was framed was that we were going to find out what the, the trouble on uh, Cato Noimodia was. Um, and it, I, I don't know, I guess I didn't really have like a thought for for what that meant, <laughs> really. Um, but I, it wasn't this. But I think that that's really interesting. Yeah. And like you said, it sets up kind of this, this weird kind of political, like, you know, kind of kind of dueling sides over the neutrality and whether neutrality is uh, going to stay and um, you know the the stuff with Obi-Wan getting framed and uh, he's basically there at the at the request of Count Dooku who wanted uh, you know someone from the Jedi Council to go and investigate um, you know knowing knowing what we know now you know that you know uh, Sidious uh, Palpatine were were kind of behind uh, you know getting getting this plan Put into motion, but we meet someone there for the first time, I think, in Star Wars canon, uh, her first appearance, uh, which, you know, then will lead into the Clone Wars, where we get to spend a lot of time with her, but Asajj Ventress, um, we get to see her kind of, you know, as this kind of, you know, political decoy in a way, and this adversary to Obi-Wan and and kind of their interactions, and I, I think that their relationship dynamic is, is one that I've, I've always kind of enjoyed because I don't, they, they seem kind of similar in a lot of ways, and uh, you know, kind of, kind of this, uh, this friction between them. But uh, what about Asajj's uh, inclusion in this book? Did you, uh, were there any highlights, or what did you think about uh, kind of her dynamic and interactions with Obi Wan Kenobi? Does it make you feel any differently about her and the stories that we have now? Uh, going forward, or um, any anything about her that you'd like to include? Uh, they Asajj and Obi Wan always kind of have an interesting dynamic because uh, they are very similar. Uh, 
and you kind of see some similarity similarities like Asajj and Anakin as well. So I think it's perfect that uh, Asajj has her introduction in Brotherhood. And it's an interesting character because uh, we've just been kind of waiting for her official introduction in the new the new canon. And I think it kind of sets her up as like a cool villain, like uh, part of the world of adventure in Star Wars, you know. Uh, so she does have a good intro. Yeah, I really, I thought they used her well. I still think... Uh, Ventress's kind of appearance in the old uh, 2003 Clone Wars um, will be the, will be the best <laughs> um, yeah I- intro for the character, um, which kind of well I'll speak on that how they they've they've been slowly canonizing a lot of things from those yeah uh, those mm-hmm. two parts um, but I thought they use they used her really well and it kind of sets up this. Funny enough, this whole book kind of just feels like a a Clone Wars arc. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I think that's like the book's strongest suit, but also it can be kind of its its weakest um, element too. But I did I did really like how they used used her, and they didn't. She is the main villain, but they don't they don't like have her like take over the book in any way she's used sparingly but she's Mm -hmm. used effectively yeah it's it's a good recipe yeah Mm -hmm. i was gonna say it's 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 good because yeah i always kind of wanted a little bit more um from her and you never quite got got it and that usually is is a good thing and not a bad thing so um i think that he handled her pretty well and um the way that he describes her in the writing was was really good it was very very visual and i i thought that that was that was really good for someone who's kind of, you know, tackling these characters for the first time. Um, so definitely an excellent job there. And, you know, you, you'd mentioned it's, uh, you know, kind of harkening back to those, uh, that micro series, the, the Clone Wars, the Tartarovskis there. Um, and one of the, one of the things that I really liked and kind of kept going back to it, and it's something that they don't, I don't, they don't necessarily really talk about it, but they do highlight it, uh, visually, um, in the micro series is, uh, Anakin's mechanical hand he talks about it a lot and how um he can't really feel the force through it the same way uh that he does um you know through his real hand and you know then we we get to kind of see the uh kind of the you know capstone on that in the in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series where we're exploring uh where Vader is now you know mechanically but I thought that that was that was really interesting and I um you know I I liked those sections where he's where he's thinking about you know it's his hand it, it responds just like his hand but he just can't feel the force through it um as quickly or as you know in tune as he can with his real hand and i I really like that stuff as well yeah uh it would be an adjustment uh and he has to adjust his fighting style like how he even kind of just interacts like interpersonally like uh with Padme, uh, and just kind of like, as he's kind of standing around doing his thing, like feeling the force, like it is, it is an adjustment, like, and he, Anakin kind of goes through a lot. Uh, he lost his mother. Uh, he lost his hand. A war started. He's married. He's a knight. Like 
Anakin has has a lot on his plate and uh, what I kind of loved is like this book kind of felt like a companion piece like to like I mentioned Queen's Hope like if I worked at a bookstore I would be like ooh put these on the same table you know like mm-hmm. uh, it's like kind of like uh, two versions of the same story you know in a in a way but it also reminded me of Matthew Stover's Revenge of the Sith, like kind of mm-hmm. that poetic uh, quality to uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan's relationship. And uh, just some, my favorite writing in Star Wars is honestly the dark section, you know, like if I could get that tattooed on my heart, like I, I probably would. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, this this was some some really good Star Wars writing, and then you know it it kind of keeps your interest too. Um, like you mentioned, Pete, it's kind of like a like a Clone Wars arc, um, and and definitely, and it's definitely kind of you know throwing you around um, a little bit into you know into characters and scenarios that we've that we've seen before. So you know, get to spend a lot of time with with uh, Dexter Jetster, which is which is pretty fun. I know there's a there's a lot of fans of uh, Dexter out there, and uh, you know he plays a, a pretty pivotal role. I guess we we kind of learn a little bit more about the relationship uh, he has with Obi Wan and uh, kind of his uh, background as a a sort of a gatherer of of information. But um, did either of you have any kind of kind of favorite callbacks or uh, little Easter eggs or or nuggets that uh, <laughs> just uh, when you read it, you're like, oh yeah, you did the the like Leo meme when you're uh, going through the pages or. Um, I did like that they canonized Mace Windu taking out a whole, um, like, droid army, essentially, on mm-hmm. Tantooine. Kind of, again, going back to the 2003 Clone Wars. I'll take anything, um, that references that. So, that was probably my favorite little callback. Okay. Yeah. In my mind, like, the Tartarovsky 2003 micro series is canon unless it act actively like contradicts Contra- something yep, that's how that's I, how I mm-hmm. yeah that's my head canon and it's canon to me until someone rips it from me you know well not rips it from me but like recontextualizes <laughs> it you know um yep. but yeah for me like siri tachi like and i think like that chapter was released in advance and i probably should have like picked up on that forever but when i was listening to it i was like <gasps> siri tachi did a rewind on audible and i'm like <gasps> siri tachi like i wasn't just imagining that like uh she was one of my favorite characters and it sounds like uh in the upcoming padawan novel uh mm-hmm. maybe we get a little bit more in that vein which like i'm excited for um but I actually have a question for you guys. Like in the old canon, uh, any guesses as to what the incident on Caden Amoidia was? Oh, is no. there an an- is there an answer? Yes. Oh, oh, I actually I actually don't know. Um, I I I think that I maybe did know at one point, but I am totally drawn a drawn a blank on it uh, right now. But um just as in general, like I mentioned, like I, you know, I didn't really have any expectations for, for what that was. So, you know, the book was an interesting, uh, take on it. And I was just kind of, 
you know, in it for the ride of it. But yeah, I'm, I'm interested to to know or to remember. So it's actually really hilarious. The business on Cato Nemoidia is that Anakin and Obi Wan were on a diplomatic mission there, and they went to a banquet, and Obi Wan had an adverse allergic reaction to like seafood, and oh. <laughs> Anakin had to save him there. So that's the, I believe that's the old business. And like, part of me is like, could we have a banquet? Could like Obi Wan like react to it? Like. It didn't happen, but like, uh, I don't know. Like, it, it's just kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. No, that would be that would be good. Yeah, we def- definitely need to at least have some sort of banquet they can go to, um, and save them again. Maybe there's some other business that we can we can attend to somewhere else. And business doesn't really transition well to what I want to say, but I'm really good at transitions. If you've noticed that in the podcast. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, like there are transitions like do they flow <laughs> probably not but uh I have fun with them but uh it, it's funny because at the end of the novel uh you kind of have Anakin and Padme kind of admit that they kind of make fun of like Obi-Wan's mullet and I was like that's kind of funny and then like at the end of this uh book you kind of see that uh, Obi-Wan kind of has a little bit of a haircut kind of like to get him more into like how he looks in the Clone Wars and Revenge of the Sith. And it really brought me back to uh, season three of BBC's Sherlock where the quote, I don't shave for Sherlock Holmes is said. Uh, (laughs) So I'm like, can we get some merch or something that says I don't cut my mullet for Anakin Skywalker because... I really thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, that that was that was pretty funny, and I I kind of liked those uh, those little moments, like I said, between Anakin and Padme, where you're just getting to to spend some some time with the two, um, and then you know, converse to that, you have Obi Wan talking about um, about Siri and talking about uh, Satine um, and stuff, and that's that's just really sad because I you know he's having these thoughts crop up, and he's basically just monologuing about how. You know, if he just if he just ignores it for a little bit, it'll go away until it, you know, comes back. And he knows that those feelings are always going to come back and he always just has to has to kind of shut them down, uh, which which is really sad and really and really tragic. And, you know, that kind of kind of leads into, you know, some of the stuff that we um, saw in the series Obi-Wan Kenobi. So, um, yeah, I mean, it is kind of interesting to get a little bit of uh, the views of like how. Obi-Wan and uh, Anakin love people because like oh Anakin has always like loved one person but Mm -hmm. it's kind of like he can take it too far and sometimes it's obsessive you know like even though he loves one person it's like "Uh, maybe you should like spread the love you know like share the love you know but uh and even Padme is kind of more able to like uh kind of like she loves Anakin but like she can put the mission first and like have room for more people in her heart and like Obi-Wan like I don't think it uh takes anything away that like Obi-Wan like kind of like loves Satine loves Siri 
maybe had like flirtations with other people, which is actually really hilarious because it's like you always kind of think of Obi-Wan as like the guy who's like forever alone, but like the the ladies like him, you know? <laughs> and I think it's kind of like, even though like Obi-Wan doesn't really actively kind of act on these, like it seems like he maybe kind of understands uh, attachment and love in a... Uh, more mature way than Anakin does. Mm. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So, so yeah, some of that stuff was my, you know, I, I keep saying a lot of the things were kind of my favorite parts of the books, but yeah, just kind of those little interactions and, and just where everyone kind of was in their own head were, uh, you know, made this book really kind of worthwhile to me. Um, so I guess to, to kind of wrap this up, we talked a little bit about the story. We talked a little bit about the, the interactions, but, but Pete, what were your, kind of your overall thoughts about the book and do you think this is worth people's time to pick up and and read or you know download to listen to uh what were your what were your kind of closing thoughts on this one i i really liked it i thought it was a great great book um again i thought it was like a clone wars arc to and that was its best qualities and also it's i think the one thing that maybe I didn't like is that some of the the con the overall conflict was resolved kind of awkwardly um and you it almost like you didn't get any answers on what happened mm-hmm. um but it's a very uh character driven book and it explores the relational aspects and I, one thing I actually wanted to mention was uh, how it explained um Qui-Gon's relationship to both Anakin and Obi-Wan. Um, I don't know how spoilerly is this supposed to be. Uh, I, you can, uh, yeah, you can go ahead and, away. Yeah. Uh, a spoiler. If you're, pl- if you're, if you're planning, if you're planning to read brother brotherhood, you might just want to, uh, skip ahead a couple of minutes, but yeah, go ahead, yeah. go ahead and spoil away. So I guess the, I think it's a key part of the novel and kind of actually explains the title of the book, but how there's kind of been used different ways to describe Anakin and Obi-Wan's relationship is like, is Obi-Wan more of a father figure or is he more of a brother? Obviously the title here suggests more of the brother, but Chen kind of goes to explain that through how their brothers through their connection to Qui-Gon and how he, was kind of he was Qui-Gon was the father figure for both of them and that is a key part of who they are and kind of what connects them um because Obi-Wan would not have taken Anakin and his Padawan if it weren't for Qui-Gon and I think it's it's really Chen handles that really well um in an interesting manner and I thought it kind of in back to the like the duel of the fates thing. I mean, when Qui Gon and Maul fighting, they're fighting for the fate of Anakin. Um, I know there's that famous Filoni speech on that whole thing, and he explains it much better than I. But it's just you see that play out here. Qui Gon's influence is felt throughout the book, um, and how he brought these two people together. Um, and how their brotherhood plays out throughout the years. 
So anyway, the book is very good. I, <laughs> so I, w- I, w- I would recommend it. Okay. Uh, uh, five out of five stars would recommend. Uh, what do you think, uh, Cassia? Is this, is this a book worth people's time uh, getting into? Or do you think you can just kind of, you know, pick up on this story enough elsewhere? Or? Um, I definitely would recommend picking it up. Like, uh, I'd give it like 4.5 out of five stars or five out of five stars personally. Cause I think it's like you get the beginning of the clone wars from Anakin's perspective and, and Obi-Wan's perspective. And you get to see their brotherhood, like that transition to where they're kind of more equals. They're, they're knights and, uh, they're kind of a little bit more equals, but they kind of still have to figure out like what their new uh, dynamic is and uh, it's brotherhood, you know, and it just kind of reminds me of the old Jude Watson books and we get Easter eggs like from the kind of ship that the Ebon Hawk is that I forget. I think it's like a YT something like, we're really hmm. good KOTOR fans here, but like, and also like 2003 micro series, uh, Easter eggs and yeah, it's, it's a fun ride would recommend. And I don't cut my mullet for Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, t-shirts and coming for that one. Um, yeah, I'll kind of just, just echo that. It's definitely, Definitely a good read, and if you are into reading Star Wars books at all, you should probably pick this one up and and give it a read. It's it's not a super super difficult read. Um, it's not crazy long, so I think you'll make it through it. And you know, there's there's a lot going on to kind of keep your attention and and to get into these characters a little bit more and uh, kind of see their growth as uh, you know as Obi Wan's transitioning out from being. Uh, you know, the the master to being the colleague and as Anakin is uh, moving out of being the, the Padawan into a, a Jedi Knight. So, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely good and definitely worth your time to read. And, you know, uh, let us know if you pick this up, what your favorite parts or what your favorite kind of little Easter eggs or what your favorite kind of character interactions were. Uh, let us know that. Um, connect with us online and definitely make sure you connect with uh Pete with Plo Cool online. So, Pete, tell everyone where they can uh, catch up with you. Exclusively on Instagram at Plo double underscore cool. My only remaining social media presence. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. But yeah, yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a great account. You can you can read kind of more thoughts uh, from Pete about uh, this book. I saw you put your. Um, you're kind of kind of recapping stuff like that on it and also on mm-hmm. the, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series and, you know, just a lot of good stuff. So make sure you uh, give him a follow and check in with him there. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for coming on and talking about Brotherhood. It was an awesome time. It was a, a great book and uh, hopefully people out there enjoyed it. So thanks for joining us on this one, everyone. May the force be with you. Public podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, as well as everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Subscriptions, reviews, and shares help us out. And if you want to connect with the podcast on Twitter, we can be found at Old Republic Pod. And if you want to connect with me, I can be found on Instagram at Astro underscore Droid underscore. 
You can find us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash older public podcast. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Dennis S. Mowers at dennissmowersmusic.com. This episode of the Old Republic Podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now. <laughs>